You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Good morning. Good morning. Andrew. What up? He's ready. I had no idea that intro was playing. I'm just like chatting. Could you not hear myself. it? It's no. Really oh, well, I hope I hope everyone in, in on the Facebook group could hear it because otherwise it was just dead silence. <laughs> we no, rarely, rarely have dead silence. Yeah. We're okay. Uh, awesome. Well, what's going on this week, guys? Andrew? Uh, well, you know, we were right in the midst of the uh, the second, going into the second week of the Parade of Homes, which I'll call the uh, the housing stir the pot, get everybody excited about buying a new place uh, event. And you get a lot of people out looking for remodeling that all of a sudden get the itch that maybe I should just build new and, and then, you know, go through that exercise. Then what I also like about this time of year is that the inventory, so if you're a buyer, and you've been struggling to find stuff, this is usually the time of year where inventory gives us a little more um, a little more to look at. So the, the people that do decide to go new sell their existing houses. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good time of the year for those of us that have been out there looking. I have, uh, I have three uh, different developments uh, that I have listed. One is with a, one builder in particular. The other ones are open lots. And uh, this last week, um, it might kind of tell you about the how it's going, but we had four that went under a contract and one got on hold, you know? And so the parade is, I think uh, I, we had, we got a lot more, I mean, our model is 1.6 million. So you, you usually get some lookers and stuff like that, but we had over a hundred people both Saturday and Sunday. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that and actually really good quality too. Yeah, that, well, that, that's what I think is interesting too, Chris, is like with all the distractions, and I, let's call them distractions. It's an easy way to categorize a lot of things, right, that are happening in the world. Um, it, it is interesting to me how many people have started to focus on tangible things like housing. And they're, you know, hey, my kids are at home working, you know, or at school uh, in the living room now. So let's find a place where we can all have a little more dedicated homework space or you know, wow, when seven people hook onto the Wi-Fi, it doesn't work. Um, you know, it's like a lot of those realizations that we kind of flirted with in the spring when, when this all kind of started now is a, is a real reality. And I have people coming out to these new houses um, asking, hey, where was the second office you talked about? Where is the homework station you guys were referring to with high-speed internet connections? Where, you know, and, and it, hey, this is awesome, man. That's Think about what we do. We provide housing that's what people need or want. And so right now it's, it's man, it has really been modified. I mean, instead of a loft, I'm converting a lot of lofts into enclosed offices, which, you know, maybe someday down the road could be converted back to a loft or a, a library or what, a den, whatever. But having two, minimum two dedicated spaces is kind of the hot thing right now with new construction. 
I think that's super pertinent right now, especially as parents are kind of diving into hybrid learning with the perspective of distance, full distance learning on the horizon. Obviously, that's my that's my sweet spot is is knowing what's going on with parents because I have young kids uh, or parents of young kids that are in elementary school, I guess. And uh, it's a hot topic right now. A lot of parents are really nervous about bringing their kids home and what space they have available. I have another uh, friend who is nervous. He has two kids in college and um, they're looking at putting their house on the market and they are, they're building another house and they're worried about doing that because if the kids get sent home from school and they wind up in an apartment for a short period of time until their house is built, what do they do? Yeah. But when you move the nest, you don't tell the kids where you moved it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That would never fly in your house. Andy. Yeah, mom and I are somewhere in Florida-ish range. We we uh we're not sure exactly what city we live in. The other thing that I have um heard a lot about, and maybe this is just because it's something that I've talked, I've brought up in conversation, is pe- people that are um, exploring the option of long-term distance learning and doing a house here and a house in a warmer climate. So being able to to because their kids can learn from anywhere, they can work from anywhere. Can we either do an extended Airbnb somewhere else um, in the cold months, or can we do a second property somewhere else? And that does impact what they're living in up here too, because now you know you're potentially taking on two mortgages or two house payments. You must have been talking to my wife, Courtney, because she's been talking about that. And our daughter, uh, uh, she's senior in high school. It's uh, e-learning the whole thing. There's no going in and. since volleyball got moved to spring, I mean, that's what her talk is, is like, why don't we, you know, I should say I have to work, but will they go there and, you know. And you can fly back and forth. That's what I told Rick. You can fly back and forth. We'll be in Florida. It'll be fine. Well, that's a real, that's a real thing and yeah. a real option now. And, and maybe a way in which to um, make it a little better too, you know, and, and give yourself some, I don't know. I, I guess just something else to look forward to. And, um, but I don't know. Did, I don't know if you heard, Andy. They're, they're fighting for football and volleyball to come back in high school. There's a I big... read that this morning, yeah. And, you know, rightfully so, guys. I mean, you know, I, I, school is really the precursor to what the real world is like out there with socialization. Um, who, who's the tough kid? Who's the smart kid? Who's the, you know, all that stuff happens in real life, too, unfortunately as fair as we try to make things. And I think that what happens is, uh, you know, learning how to just deal with other people is probably as important, you know? And so this distance learning thing, um, I think that you're, you're, it has to have a component of socialization in there. And I don't care if it's, if it's, you know, sports or whatever it is, you got to have some way to, to, you know, figure out how the rest of the world works. Because when you live in a bubble, you think you're the best thing in the world inside that bubble and the rest of the world might not value what you think is the best thing in the world. You, you know, you can just Snapchat. It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a whole study on that too. Like talking about how people get their information and how you surround yourself with people with like-minded information and you start to believe the information and you get this almost tunnel vision of how the world works versus when you go out in the real world, you know, and you actually don't have your phone in your face and somebody interacts with you and it's, it's different in real life than it is online. Online, you can custom design it to the way you want it, when you want it, how you want it, the colors you like, 
And it's like in the real world, they kind of just hand it to you. And and so I a little bit we're we're off the, the topic here a little bit, but I think that oh, there's no, not at all. But you know what? I'll tell you what, if it sticks with distance learning, the school districts that are struggling with scores and whatever else, good luck surviving because all your kids are gonna leave your district and go to the district that rocks and, and actually puts a solid education in front of the kids because now there'll be a lot more options. It's not just where you live. It's gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna join the Beverly Hills or the, you know, the Boston University, whatever uh, team, why wouldn't you? If you could get the best education in the country online, why would you settle for anything but the best? Well, especially if you can get in and, and it's affordable. Yeah. So we're, so we're going to link this back to houses. You have to have good internet is what we're getting at. You do yeah. have to have good internet, which is, which is part of our topic today, which is, could you hear that one? Yeah. All right. I, I turned my microphone. Now you can hear it better. Uh, what's the difference between home and lifestyle? We're talking about buying a house based on the amenities of the house versus buying a house based on the lifestyle it provides. And there's a distinct difference. Well, I think a lot of times, I mean, when you when you talk about lifestyle, um, that might uh, include, I mean, it includes a lot of things, but um, a location or where the house sits or um, things like that. I mean, if you if you want a lifestyle that's serene, I mean, obviously, you know, the house might not matter as much as that serene setting that you need to get and that you can, you know, make the house what you want it to be. So, um, you know, but hey, if you want to be, you know, in the city and you want a, a real modern, you know, feel, you know, it's, it's more about trying to find that house then you might kind of flip from, you know, the east side to the west side to be able to get that particular house that you want. Yeah, you know, I think that Chris, you're, you're on the money. I, we, we had a mutual friend of ours that uh, she was down in the cities here and said, you know what, she was from up north and she said, you know what, I'm gonna go back up north so my kids have the opportunity to focus on catching frogs and going fishing and, you know, all the fun things that mother nature provides on top of having, you know, ridiculously intelligent parents that can more than educate their kids, um, you know, but they wanted to, so it's interesting to me that someone would make that complete, you know, I'm so spoiled, you know, I need something I can run to Costco. I pick it up. You've got, I mean, think about how convenient some of those things are, or you're in the Amazon delivery zones, or you're the same day delivery for groceries. I mean, some of the conveniences that are in the city that um, some people will say, nah, I don't need it. Somebody else might move to the city to get that amenity um, or that lifestyle of convenience, right? So um, I think Chris is hitting it right on the head that there's also the concept of staying busy. So what a better place to be quarantined than in the summer on the lake. And, and then you have the ability to take the kids out, you go fishing, you go, you work on, you know, projects together, you put the docks in, you have all these you know, real life projects you can work on, which creates a lifestyle. And, and now your, your home is focused around the amenity and versus, you know, your amenity being focused on, on to the actual, um, you know, lifestyle you're trying to. So it is different, but it's, you know, I see a lot of people doing sport courts now so they can provide that like in-home lifestyle so the kids can stay active and safe at home under their, you know, um, you know, watchful eye. And so, yeah. Do you think that people are putting more money into the into building out the amenities of their home at now this year than they have before because they're not spending money as much money outside of the home? 
100%. And I think if you ask, uh, I mean, not even like building new, but even uh, doing what they're doing to their own homes. I mean, try to get a, try to get a remodeler or a contractor right now. It's very hard in which to get, and people are. I mean, talk about pool liners. You know, trying to get a pool liner, you're not getting one. You know, you're, you're waiting until, you know, late next summer. And, and to install some pools, some people are out into 2022 already. You know, they don't, I mean, everyone's trying to be able to get that, you know, that at home thing. If they're, they're going to be stuck there, you might, you know. Think, and I think what happened was as you found out your, your deficiencies, you know, and everyone in these houses found what their deficiencies were. And if you're talking about a lifestyle and you want, you know, this bigger house, that lifestyle might bring you out further to be able to get that certain size house. So let's just say you're in the city and that you have, um, you know, a close in location that's a hot little area that you're selling for 550,000. And, you know, you want that, hey, I just want a little more room and stuff. And you move out to Belle Plaine for 550,000, you're gonna get quite a bit of house uh, for that. And, and you'll get, you know, land around you as well. So, you know, and if you had something for, you know, 200,000 and be able to go to Champlin, I mean, you get a mansion out there for that. <laughs> with 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 no wheels by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the you know the other thing, Chris. You know, you think about distance here with your job too. If you don't have to commute, you know, I was just actually this week we have uh, one of our a um, uh, couple of referral partners up in the Brainerd Lakes area, and I was on the phone with both of them this week. And you know, Mark Pedig and uh, Brent Anderson up there, um, both guys said anything around the lake, anything in Brainerd City, not even on the lake is selling so fast, it's unbelievable. They said they're seeing more people flooding into the Brainerd um, Lakes area now than they ever have. People choosing just to say, yep, we want a slower pace of life. But man, I tell you what, you get up to that, uh, you know, the um, uh, Brainerd, uh, well, it's not even Brainerd. It's actually, what is it, Chris, right there? It's Baxter. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. So Baxter has every amenity, including Costco, you know, hospitals, amenities, airports, I mean, you literally are just living in a smaller big city um, at the lake. And, it, and, and it's in, like they said, they've never seen the, the sheer volume of people coming up. And I mean, like they said, there's people buying houses in town for 140,000 and just living close to everything and just being a little farther north. So anyway, that, so that I think that's an example of what we're seeing. People plug into the internet and you could literally work from anywhere you want. And I don't know if anybody knows the difference. I think lifestyle's been important for a long time, but people always have thought lifestyle being close to a city center where you could, where it's walkable and you can walk to shops and walk to the grocery store and, and have entertainment close by. Do you think the definition of lifestyle has changed? Big time. I was just going to say that. And I think, you know, what, if we had a, a cure tomorrow and that virus was gone, there was nothing. I think that there is going to be a lot of things that change. People have started finding out that they don't, have to probably go to the office every day to be, um, you know, that it's good. The companies are going to save money by not having them, you know, and now lifestyles might change. I mean, for that, that whole shopping type thing, but a lot of people also choose where they're, where they live is where they work, you know, mm -hmm. and if you're working downtown, you want it to be close to there. So you don't have a hour commute there and back at least two hours, two hours out of your day, but if you don't open stuff and, and that, that, lifestyle of walking down and going to the coffee shop and, you know, walking over to the club and then grabbing a farmer's market doesn't come back. I mean, it's going to be, why, why, are, why would people move down there? 
Right. Well, you know, the definition of lifestyle, I think, by everyone has been redefined. Um, you know, you want to be able to provide for your family, provide a safe environment, have the kids do kids things. And so lifestyle, um, I see people, you know, where they used to say, well, you know, I like the bike. So let's go find me a place that's near the bike trails. Well, now I see that. Plus, you know, oh, my kids are in club sports and they're on this end of town and we like to travel. So we want to be less than an hour from an airport. So when we're flying out of town every other weekend for kids sports, I mean, blows my mind, but it's true. I mean, I was part of that with my daughter of volleyball. Chris, you are too, and your son with, with football, for that example. So we even as parents have upped our game with what our involvement level is with our kids. You know, I was just excited when my grandma and grandpa would show up at one of my football games when I was a kid. And nowadays, I mean, the whole family's traveling to a, a tournament in Kansas City for the weekend. And it's like, it kind of, you know, it's just different. Life's, life is totally different. And I think that's, you know, important from a real, real estate perspective. That's what we have to sell. And you got to sell those advantages. And Andy was talking about these people that come in and say, hey, where is that second office? Well, you have to market that out to the people. Um, we've been talking the last few weeks. I've been working probably about five months now, get my house ready to go on the market. It actually went on. It's actually live. I got you it saw on. the pictures. They look great. Oh, did you? Yeah. And, uh, but That's a that, lot of house, Chris, for 99000 I couldn't believe it either. I know. It's, it's crazy. But I'll tell you what. With Add an extra zero there. Andrew. Part is that the, the people Zero's. have looked at it. It is. It's more of a, a lifestyle type thing. And to me, it was kind of like I felt like multi-generational or like a contractor. I mean, it's a perfect place for a, a contractor close to town with a pole barn and a main floor office. And um, and so, but you have to do that. And, that. and those are the people that have now set up the showings right away to come in are those types of people looking for that. So it's important to identify what your place is in lifestyle because there's certain people looking for that. And if you want the right person to purchase your house, you don't have to you don't have to go after every single soul. You might want to go after the right people, you know, not eliminate all these other people, but really kind of hone in and don't say, hey, this is a house for a contractor. It's the only place that they could be. Not that, but you just give them, you kind of lead them to that conclusion. We've got, uh, Courtney, I know, I know you guys are the tech wizards at Amplify, but I'll tell you what, we've got some of our um, predictable analytics software that we have in our real estate office now that I reference quite a bit. It talks about exactly what Chris is talking about. Um, you know, so it has some of the demographic information, college education levels. It has, you know, everything from, are you a corporate owned property to a, um, and then it has a, what they call sell stores where a lot of people don't realize this, but as you are online shopping, somebody's watching you, somebody's watching what you're looking at and they're identifying you as a potential, maybe a seller, a buyer um, of whatever widget. Sometimes people think voice and recognition is being used which I, I think it is, they still don't admit to it, but you talk about camping and also the camping ad pops up. There, there's something to be said for that, okay? And on a, even on a real estate level, that's being done where we're not just throwing out blanket ads anymore. We're being pinpoint specific with who we run our ads to because statistically that person shows that they have four kids under one house and they have a three bedroom you know, house. And, and we know that we're selling a five bedroom house so they could have two offices, enough bedrooms for the kids, you know, and, and so we go after that person and we'll send them a packet, for an example. So Chris is right on the money that our, our uh, real estate, you know, throwing the brochures up in the air and letting them land where they land is gone. And it's very specific yes. to how we advertise. It totally is. And we, we see that a lot in advertising 
um, online now where we are definitely restricted in how we market and, and advertise with the new rules of digital marketing ads. Uh, that's a mouthful, but there are still a lot of, uh, interest levels that we're able to target to. So if people have been searching for a home, um, you know, we, we can capture that in some of the advertising that we do and, and target certain, certain marketing pieces towards those individuals versus people that are just, there's no way that they're going to buy in the next couple of years, which is smart because if you're not going to buy in the next couple of years, you don't want to see that information anyway. Well, and you know, as, as we've seen pressure on commissions and everything else, we've had to be smarter with our advertising as real estate agents. And so, you know, the, the downward push that everybody's, Oh, I don't want to pay as much, or I don't want to, okay, well then my ads that used to be very non-specific that would go out to everybody are now very specific. And guess what they want when they're specific? They want more money. For and sure. So those, right? So those those honed in, dialed in um, databases and information, they make everybody pay for. But anyway, long story short is, is that I think that there is right now um, having the ability to, to really feature what that house can provide that's unique to the marketplace that can really hit a bigger demographic of, yeah, there's a lot of people looking for this, you know, like bedroom counts or, you know, one level living or, you know, sport courts. And there's an audience for that now, whereas a few years ago, that lifestyle wasn't a category. So they didn't have people even like knowing to even ask for sport court um, versus now I have people that come in just to see sport courts, mm -hmm. shopping sport court builders. Yeah. And it's a big thing. Um, well, and so what do you guys see in what's trending right now in terms of lifestyle? We've talked a little bit about this over the last few weeks, but in my world with kids ages eight and under it's, uh, and two parents working from home, it's two offices in the house. I mean, that's, that's like, uh, we, Rick and I have shared an office for a long time, but it just no longer works for us. And so having two main floor offices would be a huge upgrade for us having an unfinished basement or a sport court where the kids can go run around and play in the winter without damaging anything because because that happens um, is another thing. But what else are you guys seeing trending in the market? I think that Charlotte um, just about the basement is that um, you know a lot of people when you when you list a house look at that as a detriment. But that's the thing, that's what I'm talking about when you lead them to that conclusion, because what are your kids going to do in the winter if they're all holed up and they can't go out anywhere? They need somewhere to play. And uh, my, my older sister just uh, purchased a house and the basement was fit, unfinished. And she was like, hey, I'm gonna, we got to get this finished. And how much is it going to cost? I'm like, why would you do that? You got two 12-year-old boys and their friends. And I said, just let them play and put up some plywood on and let them bang it up and then finish it later when you're going to use it because in reality a lot of people don't even use their basement you know right you don't you just don't use it unless you need the extra space for for an office or for a bedroom it, it's so much fun for kids to ride their bikes around in the winter in a basement that's unfinished or you know kick soccer balls or hockey pucks and that that's like the old school version of a sport court like when we were kids i remember my brother matt he's so fantastic with this unicycle he got a unicycle for his birthday. And we're all like, a unicycle? Well, my dad was a pool guy, right? So he liked to play pool. Well, my brother just about wore that pool table out, hanging onto his unicycle in the basement, riding around this pool table. And I remember we used to have it where he'd go so far and he'd hold up his hands and then he'd boom, wipe out. <laughs> was like, that was kids being dumb kids. 
mom and dad were upstairs having fun doing whatever out, you know, and pay, the kids are in the basement safe playing and that's what it's for, you know. If you're watching us on the live stream, be sure to drop your, your comments in the comments section so we know what's important to you. If you have things that are important to your next home purchase or things that you'd love to have lifestyle-wise in a home right now, drop them in the comments so we can, we can share that and, and chat about it. I think another thing that's trending is a home that's available to purchase. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that would be nice too. <laughs> wait a minute i can actually get this house and at a fair price yeah yeah, yeah. that's a rarity not fun so how do you separate out and prioritize what you need in a house versus the lifestyle that house provides not sure i think me. they're one and the same i mean it's like you know you're you're fine it, the house is basically uh you know going to provide for you the lifestyle so you need to be very specific when you're picking your house because, I mean, and then this hasn't really changed. It's just the houses have changed. Like when you walk into your, like back in the old days, I remember I had the rich uncle that had the fancy house down in Apple Valley and you'd go there and you'd think about, well, what made that house rich or fancy? And then now I drive by and go, ooh, you know? And then, but back then it was a big deal. And nowadays I drive by the rich uncle's house. It's on the lake with a sport court, with a pool, with a, I mean, things have just really changed. Our appetite for variety and lifestyle has, has gotten huge and awesome at the same time. Do you think that, um, do you think that people are thinking more about where their house is located or what is in their house? I think for the most part, where it's located. Because I think you can do, I mean, in general, you can do anything to a house if you wanted to. I mean, it's where, I mean, if you, if you had the perfect house, but it was in um, downtown Minneapolis, but you wanted cows, I mean, you, it, it's not going to be there. You know, you could. Uh, Nicollet Island. Yeah, you can replicate that, you know, out in whatever, Otsego. So um, I think it, a, a big location is. I mean, they always say, what's the three most important things? Location, location, location. And it is. And it's fact and, and price. And I don't know if you guys watch. I, I watch all the, you know, bargain beach hunters and yeah. my Hawaii life. And can't, I watch all that stuff. And do you, I just, do you, Chris, do you scream at the TV like I do when I watch those shows? No, no, no. I think Don't it, do that. No, that's wrong. I'm like, I'm always arguing. <laughs> can't stand it. She loves to watch like those shows like Beach Bargain in Mexico. And I'm like, you know that that's only a life estate for 99 years. You don't even own that property. And my daughter's like, oh my God, dad, this is TV. Yeah, yeah, enjoy I it. I didn't know that though. Yeah, you don't own it. You lease it in Mexico. But, but I'll tell you what, there's, but the, in, in saying that though, you might look at all those different shows and start seeing things that, gosh, I mean, if I go to Hawaii, it's going to cost me $3 million. If I go to uh, Bora Bora, it's only going to cost me two and a half. And if I go to... Kingston in Jamaica, uh, it's, I might get it for 325. And then you start thinking, well, gosh, it's all oceans, you know, but then you think safety and all that. But I think that's, I think that's how people uh, are in general, you know. Well, you know, when you look at that and you start, look at Brainerd and you say, okay, I've got a $350,000 budget and I want to be on a lake. You're going to have to be on one of the smaller lakes or the less popular lakes or the less, you know, in their opinion, desirable, may not be to you, but to, to the general public. Or like that beach bargain hunters, they were showing houses in St. Thomas that were in the 350 range that were up on the hills overlooking the ocean. And, you know, they were just big gardens, nice yards. And I'm like, huh, 
you could walk to the beach, you could snorkel every day, you could go fishing, you know, and, and so you're right, your money can go to other places and, and uh, go far, so. I had to mute myself for a second because Andrew's dropping his comments on our Facebook thread. And if I click on them, it plays our live stream for me at the same time. Uh oh. <laughs> you guys don't want the feedback of yourselves talking. Um, but I, I still can't see what he is commenting. So I'm trying to pull it up on my phone to um, grab the comments and they're not showing up for me because we're live and they're going to only appear in order of time. Um, so Andrew, can you, I'm going to see if, oh, there we go. Let's see if I can move us along. Well, in the meantime, Chris, while they're pulling up Andrew's comments, I think that, you know, you know, kind of to keep beating this lifestyle thing into the ground, I think it's really taking the time as a, as a homeowner and as your life changes, spending the time to really make a game plan. So like when I sit down, a lot of times, you know, when, when people are interviewing agents and they sit us down and they're like, okay, what's your percentage and what are you gonna do for marketing? And I'm like, well, more importantly, where are we, where are we putting you guys? What's the next play? Where are we, let's strategize a little bit here because I think a strategy session needs to be had much before we just list a house. And, you know, making like we talked about that, what's changed? I mean, you know, I've met with customers in the last week here where, Someone all of a sudden has a new diagnosis at the doctor where, you know, they may not be walking in a year. And so we have to build a house that lifestyle will accommodate, but it, it's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. You know, they're spinning it in a good way, right? So then we know where we're going. Um, I'm suggesting we don't even put the house on the market till the spring. Um, you know, let's get that house well under construction. And, you know, because you, unless you want to literally live in temporary housing, which a lot of people that are accomplished or or I shouldn't say accomplished, maybe established in life, um, they don't want to do. They don't want to impose. They don't want to live at a hotel. They, they would rather have for a month or two, two mortgages, um, you know, payments and, and make it overlap correctly. Um, but anyway, so how about you, Chris? What have you seen? I mean, I, I what, what is your, or do you believe in that, the strategy session or what are your thoughts? Well, for sure. I think, and I also think what people do is they end up justifying. Showed a house the other day and a uh, beautiful lot. I mean, it's a beautiful lot and uh, love the house and everything about it and the pool and all that. But it was like, it's way too much yard. I don't want to take care of it. I don't want to do that. And so then it was the talk kind of got into, well, you know, there's, there's ways in which to make that natural, you know, and not just let it grow up in weeds, but to be able to plant some stuff and be able to get some uh, kind of more of a, a natural setting in which to be able to do that. And I think that, I think that's our job. I mean, is to kind of come up and, you know, not only, um, kind of offer solutions, but try to find out what the heck they are trying to do. Because in the end, you know, what is it that you're trying to do? I mean, we talk to people that are um, negotiating on a house and, hey, you know what, we're at this price point and this is what they want. Do you want to do it? And then people get into their ads like, oh my gosh, no, I want to win and I want to get this, but you're not looking at the 20 year picture, you know, yeah. for 9,000. I mean, do you really want to lose out on this? Then if you lose out on it, your house is going to close and then we got to rent back and then you got to move twice. And, you know, and so sometimes, you know, the, you, you have to kind of like just step back and I'm, I'm big like that when I'm negotiating and trying to get houses that I want, you know, yeah. I'm like that way, but no way, $20, not a chance. I'm not doing it, you know, because yeah. you want to be right. Sometimes you just have to step away from that 
and kind of look at the big picture. And I, and I think that's what realtors help you with. Well, and so, but Chris, with all the distractions in the world going on right now, you know, the, the things that are everybody focusing from elections to whatever, you know, why do you think housing is still, you know, happening and solid and good people with good credit buying houses? Why do you think there is that, uh, you know, experience the obvious, the obvious thing is there's low inventory and the interest rates. But I think also, and I said it earlier, is I think people realized what they really wanted. I mean, I think a lot of self-reflection happened uh, during this whole thing. And, and like Courtney was saying, I mean, when she's stuck and her husband are in the same office and the kids are on top of them, you start thinking about those things and like, well, gosh, if we did this or we did that, and you start, you know, like, hey, and, and I think the also, the also thought that came into people's head is like, I mean, this might be what we're dealing with. I mean, I don't want to live like this and I want to enjoy it. And, and I think a lot of people also didn't spend a lot of money during that time. Yeah. You know, they saved it up and now it's kind of like, you know, let's, we can do this, let's do it. And with, with the rates, what they are, I mean, I've got a person that's moving from, um, moving up uh, a little over two, selling their house, moving up a little over 200,000 and their payment's gonna be less than what they had at the other one. So. Perfect. That's a really great point. I think I uh, I pulled this graph um, in case we talked about this today that the the rates have changed so much. So if you're looking at a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage with what rates were at in 2010 versus what rates were at today, you actually pay about two hundred dollars less per month, which is twenty four hundred dollars a year. That's a significant amount. That's a vacation for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I think that the other thing is, Courtney, is that. I'm seeing instead of people like taking the lower payment, they're, they're spending more on the house. And so they're, they're making the houses fancier. I'm seeing the average sale prices, you know, um, creep up and, and especially new construction. You know, I would have told you two years ago, the average was 450. Now I bet you we're creeping on 600 just from the lot prices and people saying, yeah, I do want the best lot in the back of the development that is $20,000 more because I want the privacy. Um, and, and people are willing to pay more to get what they want. So um, I think the power of low interest rates is, uh, is really giving them more amenities. And more lifestyle. I mean, to today's topic, more lifestyle opportunities. And I'd be willing to bet, Andy, and you could answer this better because you deal with a, like a higher volume of uh, new construction houses, that what the price starts out at and what it ends at are probably a lot different now because people start realizing like, oh, what the heck, let's do it. Let's put that phantom, those phantom screens in and oh, let's, gosh, let's just finish that basement. You know, is that-, uh, that Literally, Chris, it blows my mind because, you know, again, two years ago, I used to say 90% of my buyers that would build new would close within $5,000 of where they started. And that was because they picked out a fancy tile or whatever. Now, oh, they're adding 60, 70,000. They're adding that, yeah, you know what? Let's finish the basement and add a, a screen porch. I'm like, that's 70 grand. Yep, yep. And it's after we've started. So it's re-permitting. It's, it's, you know, and it's because I think they get into it and they start second guessing, you know, that this is my dream house. And I, what I find fascinating is how young folks, and I mean young, meaning anybody that's younger than me, which is 49, <laughs> um, they'll come in and they'll say, yep, this is our forever house. And I'm like, you that blows my mind too. When people are like 30 years old and they say, oh, 
we found our forever house and I just yeah I'm like you have no idea what that even means right now that's gonna change what you need is gonna change in three years five years ten years well first thing I say is well where's your main level bedroom then (laughs) where's your main level laundry because you're not gonna be able to handle stairs in 25 years but our parents generation that was the that was the mentality that you buy a house and you stay in it forever well they buy a house that was like dad could work at a gas station pumping gas and would have, you know, a mom staying home with the kids and they could afford a beautiful house in Brooklyn center with a nice yard, a detached garage. That was super affordable um, in right. relation. And now we have both parents working. We have kids in high level sports. It's just life has changed, you know, significantly. And uh, well, anyway, I think that's why you see the housing change too. But I also don't, nice think, stuff. I don't think other people really knew the difference back then, you know, now, we, we just talked about HGTV and all that, and you, you see all this stuff, and then you kind of start wanting it. But the other thing I was going to say, too, when you, you say they finish the basement and add on that screen porch, and they're adding on 70000 I think they look at it as, you know what, we're going to end up doing that. I mean, with the interest rates so low, why won't we just take it right now and put it on there? And yeah, maybe it's going to cost us $300 more a month in which to do it, but that's not a big deal. It's going to cost us a lot more later. And so right. I think where people are doing it and you can't get it done i mean right. if you do it to the back there's no one to do it correct I, I think there's something you said for that you know and then i also agree with the lifestyles too where you know i look back and and um i um you know my father-in-law who you know uh when he grew up he grew up on a farm and and he grew up on a farm in a farmhouse beautiful house they didn't know any better they had outdoor plumbing you know they literally had an outhouse beautiful big farmhouse that just was built and they had five generations of Norwegians living in there and they never put a bathroom in the house. And, uh, you know, and then you look at that and he moves to the city. So he's like, Oh my gosh, you know, no joke, indoor plumbing. Wow. We have our indoor bathrooms, kitchens. What a, what a great upgrade. And then his daughter says, well, I don't want to have just one bathroom in my house. I want to have two baths. You know, it's kind of like that evolution of, of realizing your lifestyle. And then you try to adjust, you know, Aren't you, uh, hey, but Andy, I, I was just thinking, I forgot, aren't you giving away a free basement right now? I, yeah, actually the uh, Eternity Homes, um, this, uh, thank you for bringing that up, by the way, you didn't have to, um, but yeah, they're, they're actually offering that right now. They're trying to get their, their workload busy through the winter, which sounds kind of crazy, but right now, Courtney, if you order a new house, um, we're into April, May. And so it's, you want to get in wow. for spring. So that's actually. how demand has changed because yeah. supply has changed so significantly in the existing market. Yeah. So now it's, it's starting to really impact demand on the new construction. Yes. Side and I think they already have all those subs ready to go too. And so they're trying to keep all the subs lined up and ready. So they don't ever take momentum off of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying like the old days, we want to be busy through the end of the year and they'd advertise in the paper until they'd sell all the jobs. So they were full and then they'd stop advertising. Right. And it's kind of the same way the builders are working nowadays too, is that there's a limited supply of labor. So they do have limited capacity and to keep the best crews and the best pricing and the best, you got to be consistent. So that, yeah. That's so that's an opportunity that to a, get that, get that extra office or get that extra uh, play space. Well, for me, not so much if I want an unfinished basement, but if you're adding the sport court on and need the finished basement, that's a, that's a pretty good. I would recommend three sport courts, one for each one of your children. Jeez, you're just like really advocating for them. You're advocating that I spend a lot of money on giving them a very spoiled lifestyle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what the heck? 
That's what Uncle Andy's for. That's right. The candy man. Oh my gosh. Well, we have his, his nest has moved. Uh, what? His nest has moved, so you can move them into the they can move them into the um his sport courts when Andy gets three different sport courts. Your kid can Oh move. Andy can move to, move into my sport court. I'll be the only old guy with a big sport court and a swimming pool with a water slide into it, you know. It'll, it'll keep your kids coming back to your house once they once they move out and have kids of their own. Yep, grandkids. Well, you know what that means. It's time for last week's questions. <laughs> I'm not so laughing. I'm not laughing at you, Courtney. I'm laughing with you. I'm laughing with you. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Uh, we sold our house in March of 2018. Just last week, we were notified by our agent that the buyers wanted to be paid for a refrigerator that went bad. They said we had a prior issue with it and didn't disclose it. I mean, it has been over two years. Are we really responsible for it? Did they do a home inspection? Depends. I mean, I think a lot of these questions depend. Number one, I mean, what about arbitration? I mean, arbitration's after 24 months and that's gone. But if they couldn't have known about a fact and then knew about it after the fact, so let's say a refrigerator, it's kind of, it's, it's a, I talk about this and I use a refrigerator as my, com my comment. Now let's just say you have had, had issues with your refrigerator and you've had an um, uh, appliance company come over and take care of it and fix it. Maybe they fixed it a couple different times. And those are things you don't really remember. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, well, everyone does that and they get fixed. Well, anyways, now all of a sudden they have a problem with the refrigerator. It's the same thing. And they called the same company. And they said, well, we've already been here two times before. And then it's like, what? They never told us about that, blah, blah, blah. So there might be, there might be some culpability there, but a lot of things kind of go into trying to figure that out. But I mean, generally, if you sign for arbitration, uh, those material facts have to come out within 24 months of closing. Uh, so, but there is some, if there is, or if there was fraud or um, whatever, that it can, it can uh, extend longer than that. So Most people after two years though, it's, you know, it's not their problem anymore, I would assume. It shouldn't yeah, but be it's first they didn't disclose a problem that they previously had. You don't know. And, and de define, you know, is it a, is a sub-zero refrigerator where it's built in and it's $12,000 that, that I'd have a, I'd have a problem with that. If it was a rollout, you know, $300 or whatever, well, there's nothing for 300 bucks anymore, but let's say a thousand dollar refrigerator um, that you buy down at the local hardware store um, and it's personal property anyway, which you clearly bought for $1 on the property disclosure of personal property statement. Um, I don't put any warranties on appliances. You know, but I, I think what they're toying with is the concept of lack of disclosure, and and it's it it shouldn't matter what the value of the appliance is, but I think sometimes it does. Most people are reasonable. Most people, after living somewhere for two years, if it was two days or two weeks, yeah, I'd pay attention. But you know, I don't even know if I'd give that person a call back if you called me chasing one of my clients because I'd be like, you know what? No, we're not even interested in talking to you. It's too it's beyond. You know. But, but you know how that goes if it's something like they remember back and gosh, you know what? They got over full price for this. They weren't, they didn't move all their stuff up. Remember they left me all that, all those paint cans and this and that. And that, that's when that refrigerator over two years <laughs> comes back into play. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to get them now, you know, because the buyers have been kind of like on the, you know, Hey, you just got to, you just got to get slapped in the face a few times and take it. 
you know, on some of these things. And, you know, now it's time for them to slap back. And, and some, so sometimes they can make a, a problem. And I always talk to people about that too. I always talk about, you know, when you're listing your house to sell it, you know, this is, the process is here, but your house selling is right here. It's all, everything that led up to it, all the things that we've done ahead of time to be able to get you to this point to get it sold and then keep them away from you later on. So it's not, it's, it's not all about just, you know, when people come and say, well, geez, why do you get paid that much if it's going to sell in one day? You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, you know, to be able to do it. So it's, I just think, well, you know, I think that that's why I do kind of like the new arbitration agreements where, you know, you get into where you agree to arbitrate, but that's only when it's over $18,000 or 50 or whatever it is. And up to that point though, you go to small claims court and you know what, take us a small claims court then over $300 refrigerator. And, you know, I mean, that's fine. And most people won't do it. And so it's the idea there is to get rid of the pettiness of the repairs. Like, Hey, you bought a house, there's maintenance on a house, things break on a house. And to prove that because I didn't tell you about that bad fan that I replaced three times and I just replaced it before I, I sold you the house and now it went out again. And how is anywhere near that my responsibility? Because I, with a clear mind, sold you that house with that being repaired and in good condition. I don't know. Did you leave the refrigerator door open every day for a month and a half? And it, it broke, you know, the compressor wore out trying to keep it cold. None of that's my problem. You've lived there now. So it, it's kind of, a, you, you really got to put your common sense hat on when it comes down to real estate with things like that. But fraud is fraud. I've had where... Um, a couple of years back, we had a client that literally had, once they moved in, um, the neighbor across the street came over and says, hey, did you know this? And they're like, I, I had no idea. And then two weeks later, that happened to them again, which was water getting into their basement. And all of a sudden, it opened up a can of worms where they went back and decided, let's go after that seller. And guess what? We won. And, and they had to fix it. So, it, you know, I mean, so that that is more in that the lines of what you should go after I, I don't know i don't know how to put classifications of what you should go after but that that's more of a big deal and i i think it's really interesting when we when we talk about this stuff because it truly depends there's so many things that depend and uh you know and all the factors we just went over we just talked about our refrigerators if they should give it to us but there's so many other factors that surround it that you got to know that information before you can make a an educated decision but at, at first glance you think well is are they responsible or aren't they? Yes, no, but it's it's more than that. Yep. There's always more to the story. Your hands like that? Does that put the point? I, you know, I, I keep watching these videos back. Apparently I touch my face a lot too. I rub my lips. <laughs> Isn't that what you're not supposed to do during COVID? I'm sitting, my hand, I'm sitting on my hands from now on. There we go. Do you recommend a septic inspection prior to listing your home? Yes. I mean, the, the thing is, in, in most areas, I don't know, Andy, up in, up in your territory, but uh, down in this territory, that those, those tests last for, um, gosh, it's two or three years. I can't remember, but it's, is it two? Yeah, in two years. And so a lot of people don't do it because what if we don't sell? Well, you gotta, if you're going to go list your house, you're going in it to sell. And the other thing is, is that you, then you know the issues before it happens. So I, I definitely recommend to get your... Um, and if you have a septic, you more likely have a well, so you'd want to get your water test as well at the same time and have that available to the buyers. And it only makes your place look better because they don't have to question that. Correct. And I, I let me let me throw this out there because I've had this happen three times this year um, where we call and we start, you know, where we're on a, in a well and septic situation where we're selling 
And the septic and well people on numerous occasions have said, well, what is your real estate asking you to do this for? You shouldn't do this until after you get an offer and you should wait. And I'm like, that goes to show how much the septic guy knows about real estate, that the fact that your house is going to sell in 30 seconds and that we have to have all those ducks in a row because we want to remove contingencies as fast as we can to ensure our success with a, a solid buyer. So when you have variables like, well, we're waiting for the well to come back and then it's 10 days to review the information. I don't want to drag this out for a month. I want the house to be closed in a month. So be proactive. Don't listen to the well or septic person that tells you that. Um, Cause I know they, they all want it for whatever reason say, oh, you should wait until after you get the offer and then we'll come back. Say, no, thank you. Uh, if you won't do it, we'll go somewhere else because you want to be proactive. You want to know that septic system. It's amazing to me. Um, and those of you listening, th this is something that is, is fact. Even though your toilets flush and all your drains work fine and there's no issues, does not mean that your septic is compliant. So, you know, it, it has to do with, does it leak? Does it, you know, drain properly? Is it, is it, you know, doing all the tanks, moving the water forward in the process it's supposed to. And so what happens is these, these septic guys come out there and they'll test it and they'll say, yes, you're not compliant. Well, guess what? You just bought a, a 15 to $25,000 septic system. And most people will, it's like tires on a car. They don't want to buy a car with flat tires. So unfortunately for you as a seller, a lot of times you have to put that in. Um, and, and I don't know if you can necessarily always raise the price because, you know, in my opinion, it's something that needs to be done. It's like not having a roof on your house. Um, it just doesn't work. So well, you expect the plumbing to work. Yeah. And, and be compliant as they say. Now, on the other hand, I just sold one this year as well, where it was non-compliant and the County gave us one year from the time of the new buyer buying it to get the work done. And we had a situation where we had to sell as is. We didn't have a lot of money and grandma was in a nursing home. So we were like, okay, let's sell the house and then sell it at a discount. The buyer came in, was very happy, paid cash for the house. Um, and they're doing all that stuff themselves. So it, it can be done. It's just a matter of what are your expectations for your sale price, right? You want full retail retail, or are you going to say, okay, this was what it was worth. And now let's back out 10 or 15,000 for that septic gift, right? All right, guys, lightning round. Last question. When do you know the time is right to sell your house? Boy, I think that um, is a, a personal decision, but I mean, obviously if you can maximize the most you can or you wanna get into another situation, um, now is as good as time as any. I mean, uh, houses are selling, you still have to get them ready and prepared and, and do it right. Um, a lot of people have the ability to finance, not a lot of people have the ability to fix later and to get people there to fix. So the more turnkey it can be, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And I, I think that the other thing, you know, Courtney, is there's, there's a lot of, you know, what ifs, right? But in the, this example, I think there's a lot of people now that have recognized they have equity again. And equity equals options. And so a lot of people that were stuck in those houses that wouldn't default on their mortgage, they kept paying and sitting put. Chris and I, we've talked about this for years. Those are the good you know, a paper, 800 credit score buyers that are like, well, you know what? We're stuck. We'll just keep paying and we'll just keep going. Well, those people now are at the point of where there is equity there. So they can sell and not lose money per se, because some people would just sell and lose money. Some people have that ability to pay it right out a check, but most people don't. Um, so most people now that have waited, so that's happening.
But one of my rules of thumb was, I, I always tell people when you're sitting there having that consultation of should you sell? And, and are you dreaming more about the new house and what it can do for you? Or are you thinking about what you're giving up and losing here? And, and people, if you really fall in love with the concept of moving and that's all you think about, you know, for someone whose lifestyle changes, like you go from walking on tennis shoes to now you're on wheels, they don't have a choice. They may have to move and get excited and find something where they can, you know, now get around in the house and navigate the home um, like they're supposed to without having any obstacles. That person is gonna be motivated to move, for example. They'll know it's time because of the, they're forced to. But it's, when do you downsize? Um, when, you, when you stop loving collecting things, because when you downsize, for example, you, you now don't have a, a thousand square foot garage and a full basement to put all your collections of you know things we have over the years. Your, you know, that crib was $800. I'm gonna hang on to that till I have grandkids. We all have crap like that too. And so, and, and some people have no problem just getting a dumpster and throwing it all away. I'm not that way. So I probably will be the one guy that struggles a little bit with downsizing, you know, cause I, I like stuff. I like, I like having, you know, I, I say pieces of wood. I don't like throwing things away. I mean, I, you know, it's my little bit of my grandpa and me, but. Um, I am so the opposite of you, Andy. If, if it is well, not so to purpose, it is gone. You know, I go deer hunting every year and I come home and I'm like, where did that uh, go? And I can't, find, my wife gets dumpsters usually when I go on big, out of town. <laughs> well, any final thoughts on today's topic, guys? What's that? Well, any final thoughts on today's topic? I think if you're selling a lifestyle, it's all about how you market it and you gotta let people know how it lives. Um, I, would, I would just add to that, that right now is a great time, equities are back. Um, and the reason why people are buying and selling right now is on the buy side, even though you feel like you're paying a little bit more, if this is your, your last house or a longer hold and you can get the interest rate where, remember this, you don't always live in the price. Um, at, you'll forget about how much you paid for the house, but you every month, if you have a payment, you remember the payment. So you live in that payment. So it, it is, I think, what's guiding people right now to make the decisions they're making is that, yes, I have a $2,000 or $2,500 a month budget or $5,000, whatever the budget is. And, and then they're saying, how much house can I get? And it, I think it's surprising a lot of people how much house you can get for that budget right now. And it's exciting and motivating people to, to make moves. And that's why you're, you're seeing housing moving right now. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. If you uh, enjoy the show, be sure to give us a like and a follow on social media and follow us on your preferred, subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast channel. If you can give us a rating, we would really appreciate that. If you have questions to share with us for next week's show, be sure to email those over to me. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.